Hello, my loves. Welcome to Raw Empowerment. This is a journey that has been inspired by some incredible soul connections that have showed me the most positive forms of vulnerability and what it can do. It allows us to connect to one another and recognize that no one is ever, ever alone. Let us ignite this space to celebrate everything that makes us human in its rawest and truest form. Allow this to be a space to reflect, a space to grow, a space to heal, and most importantly, a space to love. Namaste. Welcome back to another episode of Raw Empowerment that is truly a soulful, compassionate, and deeply held space. This episode, I am blessed to be joined in raw conversation with Danielle Chacon, who some of you may already know, who's been inviting some more community into raw empowerment through our social media. And in this episode, Danielle and I felt called to share the stories that brought us together, which is our personal experience with losing a loved one to suicide. Not only acknowledging the crippling grief that comes from a loss like this, but also the inspirational life that can begin to unfold when living through their light and honoring them. I did want to say that when editing this recording, I found a few moments in which we both slipped up with the old phrase that we're all trying to correct, which is committed suicide. And I wanted to state here and now that suicide is not a crime. We lost our dear, deep loved ones to suicide. There was no committing that happened. This space is so safe to hold our loved one's stories, and we hope that this can be a space for others to feel heard and seen in their grief and personal pain that extends from suicide. Here's to empowering our deepest vulnerability in each and every one of us and our rawest forms to remember that we are never, ever alone. And then we each have a beautiful spark that ignites within us that makes us so special. And I am deeply blessed to shed the light over to Danielle and see what sets her soul on fire most. So hello, I am Danielle Chacon. I previously was Danielle Franco. I've been married to my husband since 2019 and we just had a one we just had our daughter last year pandemic baby (laughs) or pandemic Perry she uh, absolutely changed my life and I know his too but absolutely changed my life and um, we are expecting a second in September of this year and I am in this not only crazy transition into parenthood and familyhood and you know all the hoods that come with the next stages of life. <laughs> um, I also left the workforce last year in 2020. Um, it was going to happen anyway when we had our daughter, but it happened a little early because of the pandemic. And I am now a homemaker, stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. And that's like a crazier experience than I've really ever imagined. So, you know, I've got a lot of new things going on and it's been awesome. Um, 
definitely before my family, um, meeting, interacting with people and gaining new perspectives and just um, always trying to grow into a better version of myself and whatnot is really what set my soul on fire. Um, love music festivals, <laughs> which I feel like was one of those things that did that for me. And that's that actually where I met my husband. <laughs> um, so that's continued on. And now it's just kind of on a micro scale. It's been really honed in from outside of myself to my family. And I'm on this, it's crazy how it flips the switch when your priorities change. And um, my family's definitely flipped a switch for me. And I'm on this journey of bettering myself again in different ways and really that's what's been lighting me up these days beautiful gosh thank you so much for sharing such such beauty in that my gosh yeah thank you oh of course of course and um with that duality um I feel I don't know how to how does that that shift make you feel, um, kind of switching from, you know, from like inner work to still inner work, but like along with different, you know, other two humans that you have to pay attention to and give your life to. My gosh, for sure. It is like so unbelievable because there's a lot of times where it's like, you know how you're supposed to be and you know how you want to be, mm-hmm. but then like no matter how much in denial you may be or how aware you may be, there is the way that you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but yeah. Um, so like we're always trying to change the way that we are or like better our reactions mm-hmm. um, or be more proactive, but it's really hard to do that when push comes to shove. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely I've realized that having a family, like having children, it like really turns the heat up on those types of things. It like really puts a spotlight on on yourself Mm. because you realize, especially like, I think for me being at home all the time with my daughter, especially through the pandemic where it was like all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) together, um, I realized how much of like an impact that would have, um, how much my like moods and like the things that I did with my like body language, things like that, everything mattered like every Mm -hmm. second. Mm -hmm. And it was daunting and stressful some days and just like actually exhausting because it was like never ending. I was like, holy, holy crap. Like I started being like, I used to be able to go to work and leave my work at work and go home. And even though I was tired, it's like I was relaxing and doing stuff that I wanted to do. And now it's just like working all the time, even if it's like on myself, like emotionally or, Mm. you know, 
physically, but my kids are what make me, you know, instead of, you, you know, everybody has days where they wake up and it's like, you're just grumpy. I'm just grumpy. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, me alone, I'm just grumpy. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's easy to kind of like fall into that, but I can't do that with her. I like, I don't want to do that with her, with her. I mean, Perry, my daughter. Yeah. And, um, it really carries over to a lot of other aspects of my life where it's like, you know, I should take a second and think about this. Like, let me take a moment to myself. Let me take an extra breath. Like, let me not react the way that I initially want to. And I love love that. Um, That's like one of my favorite unexpected things (laughs) of having kids, but it's also one of the hardest parts. Yeah. But, you know, balance is hard to find in all facets of life. Mm -hmm. So I think that as much as I thought that it would throw my life off balance to have kids, which honestly, I hate to admit it, but truly I did at first for a while, for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. But but it's actually done quite the opposite. Mm. Wow. That's beautiful to hear. And I... (laughs) I feel like even just you saying that now kind of ties what you had said was what sets your soul on fire prior to having children. You pretty much just said you're still getting that, which is really cool because <laughs> you are right, right? Because you're still getting to do the inner work that set your soul on fire prior to, but now it's just at such a deeper, more intimate level, which is so cool. <laughs> Man, you're so right. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, no. You're right. (laughs) Hey, you pointed it out. It was your spirit talking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, but for sure. Like you said, there's there's balance to everything and it eventually starts leveling out the way it's Mm -hmm. supposed to. And I feel like that's kind of how you and I collided was a lot of (laughs) unrockiness that we both experienced and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of grief, a lot of sadness and a lot of unbalance, Mm -hmm. but has ultimately led us to a space to at least seek further balance. Having 50, 50 balance is, you know, (laughs) a question, (laughs) but (laughs) we're still actively getting there and noticing it, which is the big difference. And that's what, that's right. Awareness is the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, I know I've had a chance to briefly touch on why raw empowerment has even sparked and a little bit behind my impulsive intentions to create this space. Um, but I guess looking back, I really haven't done so in depth. Um, and that's how you and I significantly collided. Um, Mm -hmm. and which is leading to this conversation, which is, um, my very best friend since gosh, kindergarten, Jason, 
um, which will be a year in two and a half weeks, committed suicide. And not only has he been one of my best friends throughout childhood, but definitely one of those soul connections that I knew we'd, we'd been a part of many other lives together because we were just each other's person in this life. Mm -hmm. And I deem him my life partner, if you will, life with a capital L all the lives. (laughs) Um, And he just gave me so much joy and so much peace and so much loving light in like so many facets that I could not Mm -hmm. even describe, you know, with, with always wanting to make me laugh or making me feel special and just, um, the connection we have is just so, so deep. And so I just have so much gratitude for, and having him leave was so unexpected. Um, I knew he had been struggling with depression and anger for a really long time. And him and I had talked about both of our journeys in that. Um, but I didn't know just how serious and, um, the shock came a lot further when we had been texting two days prior and the night before I actually had an impulse to text him and I didn't. Um, and of course that ate me up for a while, but, um, I have a beautiful life mentor that I was working with at the time. And she told me to honor the side of myself that didn't reach out, um, which I have definitely learned to do and to forgive. And, um, what amazing words. Yeah. Cause of course it would be so easy to be like, oh my God, if I had sent that message, you know, what would have happened? Um, yep. cause More looking in words, exactly, exactly. And I, it was a beautiful reminder to just honor the side of myself that decided against it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going through this crazy year of learning about what grief is, which, you know, no one, no one gets you ready for, or explains at all. Um, mm-hmm. I have definitely tried my best to honor that because I do feel with what has been presented to me over this last year with this loss that um, I I know that what happened was meant to happen Mm -hmm. at the time it was as well. And going back to, yeah, like it wasn't for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's a hard lesson to learn. Of course, with this type of very unplanned form of grief is that it really does show that you don't obviously have control over anyone's life, but your own. Mm -hmm. Um, But that also there could be a higher reason for it. And before we go into the ideas of the higher reason for it, 
I would love to shed the light if you feel called to also share your story. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bit deeper into the, you know, journey of dealing with the grief, but some days it feels like I'm not very far along at all. It feels like it was just yesterday still. Um, one of my best friends also, we hadn't really known each other for a super long time, but it was one of those relationships where you just, so like, we just knew each other. We met in college um, from different states, but lived in the same dorm building and ended up separately meeting like all of the same friends that became a little friend group. Um, but she got really close with all of us and she was uh, active duty in the army. So she had started school a semester later than all of us, um, but fit right in, you know, one of those types of people. Um, this was in 2013, January, 2013. So it's been like eight years now. Um, she committed suicide and um, she was actually you know, doing some phone calls and stuff, calling people beforehand. Mm. And she happened to be with all of us the night before. Um, and she happened to call me last. And I was on the phone with her when she um, decided to end her life. She um, definitely left me with some messages at that time that at the moment it was really hard to process, but, um, it left me with a perspective that I felt was different than what I ever imagined I would feel mm -hmm. if like before that happened, mm -hmm. I used to, you know, you hear about that stuff and it's like, I don't know what I would do. I don't know how I'd feel like you almost get this feeling of like, you're supposed to take on the weight of that moment. Mm -hmm. And like, what could I have done? Mm -hmm. And um, for me, um, just hear say that how much she appreciated meeting all of us and how good of friends we were. And she didn't want, um, anyone to feel guilty or whatever and that she just hadn't been happy for a long time and you know just saying things that were weird that you just start hearing and you're like there's no way hearing what I'm hearing right now yeah yeah um but she told us you know basically ended with just don't settle you know it was pretty simple and um so from that moment, uh, I've just realized that was a huge um, turning point, but it was also something that set a lot of my life into motion um, because I'd always been the person that didn't really want to stay in the shadows, even though I try to appreciate the shadows. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
this was a big testing moment of that's kind of how I saw it. That's kind of how I take these things. It was kind of a big testing moment. Like, well, if this was one of my friends that this happened to, what would I tell them? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not your, like you, it's not your fault. You can't control how somebody else feels. Um, So like I was taking all of these different perspectives, like what she said on the phone, like Mm -hmm. what, you know, people tell you in a moment of grief, what, I felt I would tell somebody else or like what I was telling myself. Mm. And I basically just came to the conclusion that it was like, you know, it sucked. And Mm. I was pretty mad about it, you know, which Mm. I just realized I just let myself feel how I needed to feel and was really focusing on understanding that emotions are energy. It wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I really was like thinking about it as an energy. Like I really did not want to put any type of label or like category in the situation. I just wanted to fluidly let it be what it was yeah and um really appreciate the energy of it and figure out ways to transmute that like negative aspect of suicide of depression of um mental health um, struggles and change that into a more positive light a more positive is almost not even the right word it's almost more like open more understood more um you know more living formalized yeah yeah um so because when that happened honestly I felt I felt bad because I knew that I had a different outlook than I ever thought that I would in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I felt bad for not being as, um, like, I'm not trying to say that I wasn't upset. Yeah. But I was very upset. I was devastated. I am to this day, but it was easier for me to, remember the good times per se or um to experience the positive light because I didn't allow my I I recognized and was aware that there was definitely a negative path I could have gone down and I just remember honest to God, just having a pause moment where I was by myself and like, look, cause I was like, oh my God, like, cause I had missed a phone call at first, honestly. Mm. I was like, oh my God, like I missed a call and I step away from everything and I go and call back. And that's what I had called back to. Mm. Wow. And um, so it was kind of like all these things of like, oh my God, what if I wouldn't have called back? What if like, we didn't let her leave last night when she wanted to leave? Like, what if like there was just all these things and I was like stop yeah to myself I was like stop 
I was like, if you start doing this, you are not going to be able to stop. Yes. There's just way too much. What if, and like, there's just way too much like that. It will never go away. And I just, you know, put the brakes on and was like, all right, you need to just go the other direction with this. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's what I did. And I truly don't regret it. And I really hope I don't, it still hurts to like talk about it sucks that she can't be here. Like, especially in like times like now to where it's so fun to introduce my daughter to my friends, you know, and such a big life changing thing with the family, but you know, it is what it is. And she's here in her own way still. Um, so, you know, and I really didn't like to talk about it before. It's kind of just like a thing, but there has really been a huge shift in the world. And I just realized sometimes that in conversations that come up, it's like, no, like this needs to be, this needs to be talked about. Um, because it, it just, I get, I don't know. It just does. It's just like that intuitive sense where it's starting to rise up more and more. And I mean, you see, I mean, we all see it stories in the news and on social media and um, just everywhere out there about something has to do with some type of mental health um, status, either whether it's good or bad, happy or sad, there is so much affecting us now. And uh, we have like almost a great, it's like a great timing. It's like really great timing because people are paying attention to it more than ever right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. You know, so, and that's kind of what brought me um, without even us knowing these stories about each other, mm-hmm. there was just some type of um, magnetic pull where I was like, I know that I feel a certain way, but I haven't really spoken about it a lot. Um, which I mean, people like you could probably tell just from right now, I kind of start rambling, but I, I really haven't spoken my truth on it a lot. And I really would like to, and I would like to be part of a community where, um, I can become more understanding of others and myself and, um, be a better advocate for mental health um, wellness, mental wellness all around. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's what led me to even, you know, kind of want to connect with you and our profile brought together similar content on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, and I saw this active building of a community and it just, you know, felt right. And, vibes attract your tribe. So (laughs) I definitely believe that, you know, us connecting was um, meant to be. And I really have been looking forward to uh, 
being able to speak more on topics like this and um, really gain perspective and start to share mine, especially with like-minded individuals, because, you know, it feels good. And um, it's nice to have a fresh perspective that doesn't make you feel weighed down. Um, it's definitely freeing, especially hearing um, your own um, particular experience and how you are handling it and have handled it. So mm-hmm. um, I think more people need that and it's kind of hard to find. So it is, <laughs> it is. And it's, it's because of that, you know, luckily media is kind of starting to bring it out of the woodworks, like you said, but it's not only is it hard to find it, I feel, I feel as though it's not necessarily hard to find. I think it's, it's just hard to talk about. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. You're right. It is such a heavy topic yet. There's so many who have gone through this mm-hmm. going through it. It's just such a heavy topic. I mean, we were lucky to have the, you know, the courageous insight to know when both of us needed our proper time. Cause I mean, this yeah. recording took a month and a half for us to schedule, you know, <laughs> yeah. just cause you're right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause we kept knowing, okay, I need a little more time. I need a little more time. Mm-hmm. And for you, it's been eight years for me. It's been one, not even, and there's no timeline to this. There's mm-hmm there really isn't. Like you said, some days it feels like it was yesterday and it's going to feel like that forever. And there, you know, it's only when it feels proper within you to be able to speak about it. And I think that's why it's so challenging for so many topics like these to be able to, to find the platform, find the space, find the community to be able to talk about these things, but they have to start because we have to start recognizing that we are not alone, whether you're facing the depression yourself or you're facing the grief with, which we know well can turn into both. Mm -hmm. And we need more spaces to be able to talk safely about these when we're authentically called to it. And that's the most important. Absolutely. And, you know, I love it being, and you can read as many articles and blogs and, you know, Reddit posts and, you know, whatever's, you can read as many as you want. But then, I mean, if anybody's like me, it's like you read a whole bunch of them and it's like, okay, yeah, I feel better. But then all of a sudden, like another triggering thing happens. And then it's like, oh my God, like, it's, it's almost like a mental block, you know, and you immediately start kind of reacting the same way to something. And then being able to go and speak with somebody and then start recognizing those stressors that lead to those triggers and kind of breaking down awareness like that um, is so beneficial. It's such, it's something that like the community 
um, aspect of life provides like friendship, like relationships. It's something that you can really only get from other people. Yeah. And like, especially going through the pandemic thing that we've all been going through, we have like an extra sense of this, like almost loneliness or like cooped upness or like, um, blocked off ness. (laughs) So it's like become even more precious to have a space like this that actually feels authentic and doesn't feel like it's like, Oh, like I'm going on the internet to go like find some friends to rant to and then Mm -hmm. go act the same way in my life. You know, it's, it's becoming way more of like an integrated um, social and like, like you said, community and platform, which Mm -hmm. it's so amazing. Truly. Like, I, I wish that there was more things like this and mental health was as um, widely talked about as it is now, like Mm -hmm. eight years ago, Mm -hmm. honestly, you know, and there's plenty of people that will feel that way about things, but that's the point is it needs to keep changing and keep being brought up so that it, it can keep being like that. So I want to, I want to keep feeling like that, like every year, every five years, I want to keep being like, this is so much better now than it was like eight years ago. Then it was like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll always think that. And, um, that's kind of like what drives me in this sense. And it, it makes me super happy because, um, I, I know for a fact that as much heartache as there is in the world, there is as much love and openness and, um, bringing, merging those and transmuting that energy is, um, such a special thing. So I'm super, super, uh, excited to be even talking in a space like this with you because, you know, if I were outside, if I were me eight years ago, I would love to stumble upon this recording. <laughs> yeah, gosh, absolutely. I know. And I think that's such a beautiful way of what you said and bringing it back to transmuting these energies, if you will, and mm-hmm. just honoring that both present themselves. Cause I remember I went through the, my devastation period and two or three days later, I remember not crying for a whole 24 hours. And I was like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I should be balling yeah. still, you know, like what's happening. And, <laughs> and, you know, scientifically people being like, okay, Carly, your nervous system literally can't take it. And like, okay, fair, fair. Makes sense. <laughs> but you know, it's like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but it's like you said, so eloquently just transmuting, you know, honoring the, the negative and the, the hardcore grief when it comes, you know, do, do not shut it off when you need to cry. Even if it's 10 years later, you need to cry. Damn it. Do it. That's right. You need to do it. Just release it. And then taking an active step to try and transmute it into what you and I have shared, which is, you know, into that positive light about the world into love into creativity into making a voice for those 
who don't have one anymore or have chosen to not have theirs present anymore. And Mm -hmm. that, that is the biggest thing that we can do if our spirits called to it is to be able to be the microphone for them and live vicariously in that space to try to bring more creativity and bring more life and more presence to these topics and to their stories, to our stories. Mm -hmm. And I know, I mean, you taking that active step already, just knowing that you could go down this, this, you know, endless pit of what ifs and who knows what else and making Mm -hmm. an active shift to change into a more active dynamic and creative space in your grief. Um, I would love to know some things that really kind of prompted you in that way um, or activities that you had done over the last eight years that you've put your energy into that you feel may have, may have not been prompted if you didn't experience what you experienced. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that a lot of life is, um, situations and experiences that almost happen cyclically. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is it might almost seem kind of repetitive through life. Um, the different waves that come up because things are going to almost happen the same until we choose to react to it through the best or purest version of ourself, Mm -hmm. which um, hand in hand is going to be related to our younger self, our childlike self, our imaginative, inquisitive, curious, loving, um, you know, that self, Mm -hmm. um, but you can't just be that person all the time. You have to have, um, experience and more knowledge gained in life. Mm -hmm. So I think for me personally, what I realized in these moments, um, were that, you start to feel so lost and you can almost start like grabbing at things like, Oh, well, I kind of like this. I kind of like this. I kind of like this. I'm going to do this. I kind of like this. But what really helped me was to put all of that aside and really just be like, what do I feel like doing right now? Mm. Not like, what do I think that I like or what, um, you know, things like that. Like, what do I want to do right now? And you know, we have these affinities that pop up, even if it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's an easy answer. But if you really think about things, like usually you probably have a feeling or you like kind of know. And I started really paying attention to that voice in myself. Mm -hmm. That one that's like really easy to like shut up and be like, oh, I don't know. Like, what do you want to do? Or, (laughs) you know, that voice. Yeah. Um, I started really turning that one off and really listening to like my inner child, which was like, I want to eat breakfast for dinner and paint 
tonight or I uh, want to start practicing juggling again. And um, those two things are definitely random, but they're one of the two major things that stick out to me that um, through that period really um, have changed my life. And I'm not sure how long, if they would have, or how long it would have taken them for them Mm -hmm. to have come to the surface without this experience. But, um, I definitely started painting a lot, um, drawing, painting, all that kind of stuff. I grew up thinking like, Oh, I'm not an artist. Like my Mm -hmm. dad's an artist. I'm definitely not an artist. I can't draw realistically like he can. Mm -hmm. Well, turns out I love abstract work. Um, I love things that look one way, but also look a hundred different ways, you know? Um, so I started doing that a lot and then I learned how to juggle in fourth grade in one of my classes, just, you know, normal three ball juggling, nothing crazy, but, um, I met some people. I really like music festivals and Mm -hmm. I used to go to those before the pandemic and children but uh I saw people juggling there that were doing some crazy flow they're doing some freestyle juggling they're throwing stuff everywhere and I was like you know you see stuff usually and it's like oh I want to learn to do that kind of like I was talking before like oh I kind of like that I kind of like that Uh but then it's like you start doing these things that you kind of like and then you almost give yourself more stress because now you have to learn a new task and a new skill Yes. on top of feeling like crap sometimes and that just yeah. and you're like I don't even want I don't even feel like learning to do that why did I even give myself another task mm-hmm. and it's just like not fun yep so I was like for me personally that was something where I was like oh my god I was like <laughs> I know how to juggle I was like I learned how to juggle like I know it was years ago but like I know I know how to do it yeah and I was like I bet I could start learning how to juggle like that. Like that would be so much fun. And it was different because it wasn't like, you know, I'm like, Oh, I kind of like the guitar. Like that'd be fun to learn how to play the guitar. Like for me personally, I know that there's people out there that that might be their thing, like some Mm -hmm. type of instrument. But personally for me, that was one of those things where I would always think it or like the piano because I kind of liked it Mm -hmm. and I like listening to it and I love music. But every time that I would think about going to learn it, I'd be like, oh my gosh, why did I give myself another task? Like this isn't even fun. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know? So so for me, I started juggling and like this community opened up and I started meeting people that were like super freaking awesome. And they were like super helpful and encouraging and like inspirational and good vibes. And it was like what I needed and I didn't know. Mm. And I was learning something new. And it was something that like, I always was like, oh, I don't meditate. But like I, my personality, my, myself didn't recognize that like active meditation is something that I definitely um, was seeking out, but I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. So like through juggling, And through painting, I found channels of transmuting this 
um, pent up energy that I had inside of me mm-hmm. into like this flow zone, I called it. Cause you know, instead of, there's just a lot of times where you just have time to pass and it just feels like it's so much time and you, it's like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. Like the one person I want to talk to isn't here and they freaking like chose not to be here. And I don't even want to think about that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to think about anything. I don't want to like do any, I literally don't want to think about anything. And those are two things that I found where it was like, there's other things I could have done, but the time wouldn't have been as positively spent. Um, after I had a juggling session or learned something or painted something or drew something afterwards, I would always feel better, you know, like the outcome was better than a lot of other things that I could have chosen to do. Yeah. And, uh, I felt like I grew through that moment instead of just like, okay, I'm glad that was over. Whew. No, I can't, you know, like the next time, you know, when you're just, you know, it's just like, okay, that passed. I hope that doesn't happen again. Right. Yeah. It was almost like I was like, instead I was like, oh, I'm glad I got through that this time. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know that next time I will be able to handle it. It was just like so much more fulfilling mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, self validating. And I don't know the right word, I guess it was just so much more rewarding to get through the moment that way. I guess less stressful too, because it wasn't like this anxiety filled like, Oh, I don't want that to happen again. I don't want to feel that way anymore. Like, Oh, what can I do to like cover up that feeling? It didn't, it wasn't like that. Mm. Uh, transmuting it made it feel like ah I'm thankful for that moment because I feel so much more thankful for what I have and for who I am like even if it was just like 15 minutes later three hours later three days later two months later like yeah no I do I do know because that's such a beautiful way of putting it I haven't thought of is that I mean I've, I've felt times in me that I've needed to sit and fucking breathe and just, yeah. you know, like I've felt those moments, but I've more often than not. And I don't know if it's my personality or because of the depth of this grief, but sitting quietly is not my forte <laughs> for moments like that. <laughs> that you know and so yeah when I would try to do that like you know friends or mentors being like oh meditate you know blah 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 I would mm-hmm. try and it made it so much more worse because I'd be like all right I'm 20 minutes in and it's still not out let's get this yep. over with. you know like how quickly <laughs> can this escape me yep but you're so true with with the active forms of meditation that just kind of organically happened from taking that moment to listen to your inner child, like you said, or just listening to your day-to-day, what you need in that moment, which, Mm -hmm. 
I'm so happy you also said, cause that's been such a lesson for me. Cause I'm definitely one of those people where I'm like, yeah, I'll pick up the guitar and try to learn it. And let me pick up five other things while I'm at it. And then I get frustrated cause I'm already frustrated. Dude, that was so me. Yeah, That was so me. That's why I even said it. I was like, please somebody learn from my mistake because I stress myself out so much. Like, yes. No, I'm so happy you said that because same, I was literally giggling over here to myself because I was like, LOL, I literally tried to do that so many times to play my fucking guitar and I couldn't. Oh man. The right thing will come to you. The right things will come to you. So what about you? Um, I know that you're not like, you're still super fresh. Like, even though there'll be times where it is fresh, like not even a year super fresh like let's be yeah. honest and, yeah uh, um I think it's amazing where your head is already at in a sense and um how you're able to even communicate um so passionately um about your experience already mm-hmm. um yeah. are there things that you feel like have come to light for you um, maybe already that you haven't expected or maybe I I, I kind of joke with myself that it's almost the things that you want to talk yourself out of like oh no that's stupid or like oh no it's not me or like oh I only I did that when I was like six yeah honestly it's like for me I realize it's usually those things that are like oh no that's what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. so like is there anything that you feel like has come up for you like that or that has you've been feeling like actively help you transmute um your built up or pent up or that energy that surrounds you from your experience yeah yeah absolutely I um definitely I mean same similar to you like the drawing and painting that's that's kind of already been my escape in a lot of ways um, throughout the years. Um, but then it's become more prominent over the last year. Um, and most recently, which has come up that was surprising to me that just, like you said, happened very organically. Cause I was just listening to what I wanted to do in the present moment, but, um, Poetry has been one that is very small. I only have like five poems to my name, but still, um, I've always yearned to do poetry. Like I've super wanted to do it forever, but it was one of those same where I was just like, ah, I can't do that. Like I'm not, I'm no poet, you know? Um, (laughs) yeah, but I was, I just, I don't know. I just, the, every time that I've, that I've written, has been in moments where I just felt I needed to get something down and those have been so cool to see where I'm like impressed with myself I'm like oh shit that's actually good like (laughs) you're like wait that's me yeah I I did that I love it yeah so that's that's been super fun and like energizing for me and um and again those are kind of far and few between because it's just spur of the moment but another Mm -hmm big one that's made a profound impact on me that I now when I have motivation to do I know will get me out 
of mm-hmm. those those states now, um, which is like free flow dance um, and kind of just like soul movement, if you will. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, which is wonderful and. Portland's definitely a place to experience that with other people, <laughs> which is super rad. <laughs> um, it makes it all the better having the extra vibes. Ex- oh, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of community, like you said, I definitely have found a great community in that, which is really wonderful. Um, but what's funny is how it happened. I, I was definitely feeling through it one night and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do some yoga because I know that'll like, that's always been my active form of meditation. Just like, it'll clear my head, but like, I'll be moving and grooving. And I was playing some music while I was doing some yoga. And at one point, like also my dance, like I have a dance background, but it's always been choreographed and freestyle actually scared the living daylights out of me. Like I hated across the floor that freaked me out. (laughs) And so I've always lived very choreographed when it comes to dance or even to yoga. Like if I am doing a flow, even by myself, like I have it like, you know, kind of pre-planned in my brain, what I'm going to do and whatnot. And yeah. I just had this surge, like hardcore out of nowhere, like while I was listening to this music to just listen to my body, close my eyes and just like see where it flowed in the flow zone. Yes. And it was so amazing. It was like impactful as all get out because I, it turned into different yoga poses that I didn't have planned. And then it just turned into like straight up dancing in my room. And at one point I like hit the floor and like, you know, it was kind of like interpretive dancing, if you will, like, you know, reach, like, I wasn't even listening to the lyrics, but just like hit the floor, like reached for something and just like kind of crumbled. And then I just started breaking down. I just started bawling. Oh, see, that is awesome. Wow. Right. And it was just, I wasn't even upset that I was crying. I was just like, wow, something needed to get out of me that bad that I needed to do this and move, literally move through something. My God, that is just like so awesome here. I got chills. I can't see him right now. I just love hearing stuff like that because that's exactly it. That's exactly. It's that that cathartic release that just happens when you get a chance to listen to your body in the present moment of what it needs to move through these really tough spaces that we can find ourselves in. Yeah. There is an unmatched and unspoken difference in grieving a loss from suicide that only cultivating safe community to release can truly hold and begin to really make a difference. We can begin to break down these walls of shame that surround suicide by not brushing it under the rug anymore and avoiding its conversation. True change begins from us creating these safe spaces to share our stories and to share our loved ones' stories. And with each story, we remember that we are never alone. You are never alone. In anything that you are experiencing, you are so deeply loved and your story is not over. 
Thank you for listening, my loves. And thank you for showing up each and every day in your own unique, beautiful, and authentic selves, living within your own raw empowerment. <laughs>